Welcome to the Magic Pisces Podcast. Check. Check. Before the Great Awakening. Welcome back to the Magic Pisces Podcast. I'm Dave K. Dave Keenest. Email me, transform at magicpisces.com if you would like to say anything. It's been probably about a week, just about a week since I posted. Thanks for listening. There were a lot of downloads to the last uh, episode. And that was sort of to pay homage. Is that the right word? Homage to African Americans and their plight. And I believe that there is a plight there. And I believe that the only way for one to find out if racism is prevalent is would be would be to actually, you know, be black yourself and walk around for a day or two or a week or a month or a lifetime. You know, there's just so much arguing um, on all sides and the truth gets lost in the argument and that makes me very sad. I know I'm not racist. I don't like it being suggested that I am if I pose, you know, a view that others might not like. And I wasn't planning on, it's kind of like we have to get a little bit political. And I've decided, and that might even be a good thing for the U.S., that we have to get a little bit political. We have to pay attention. We have to stand. Uh, We have to get clear on what it is we think and what we believe and what we know. And perhaps we need to voice that, or perhaps not. I don't really consider myself a political figure so much as a figure who is interested in the truth, If you're interested in understanding truth, I suggest you start with Power Versus Force by Dr. David Hawkins and work your way through every book and then read it again and then read it again and then uh, get the critique, which is called Power Versus Truth, um, which I have not read and it's on my reading list. Um, But there is an experience that is very subjective that you will have as a result of ingesting his material. And I am continually referencing Course in Miracles as well on this podcast. And Course in Miracles is it's just truth is truth is truth. There's only there's only one truth. There's no such thing as my truth or your truth or let let him speak his truth. There's only truth. If you read into the if you read the the, the work of Hawkins, you will see that there are calibrated levels of human consciousness and. Once you familiarize yourself with them, you will start to identify, you'll just start to be able to intuit sort of where people are. All that being said, I have um, very specific reasons for no longer being a leftist. I was a leftist for a long time. I am a, I consider myself to be a classic, it's a classic liberal or a classical liberal currently. Um, Meaning I believe, I think I shared this in the last episode, but I believe in the freedom of the individual to do whatever the individual um, wants, basically, so long as that freedom doesn't impinge or impede on the freedom of another individual. And this is where it gets very nuanced and and, and tricky. And, you know, you've got uh, people's agendas coming into the conversations around... I think essentially what liberty means. And I was a staunch leftist for many years. I, 
I had a subscription to The Nation for, I want to say, eight to ten years, 52 issues a year. I had boxes full of them in, you know, stashed away, and I, I couldn't wait every week to get the issue, to get my hands on the new issue, and to dive into it, and to f- hear, it's not all, this is not always the case, but I would hear a lot of, or read a lot of stories about how people were being victimized, and it's victim, 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 and, um, and that's fine. I, I, I resonated with that at the time, our political opinions, our political views are very often the result of, they very often come or develop or evolve as the result of things that have happened to us or that happened to us um, and to the worldviews that are created by us, the worldviews we create as the result of things we have seen happen to us. Um, and I find the far left to say, I was victimized, they're victimized, therefore everybody's victimized. Let's stop the victimization, which is there's nothing inherently wrong with that. And I see the far right, a lot of people on the far right who I've, uh, it was actually a far, I had a client who was far, far, far right, a coaching client. And although she kind of, she kind of moved into the hateful side of things, you know, she was the one posting, uh, you know, a picture of, Bruce Jenner on the cover of we- the Wheaties box with a meme with Bruce Jenner on the Wheaties box saying now with no nuts or something like that. And that's just moving into the, the hateful zone of it all. So I don't align with that. But she she was a health insurance salesman. And in regards to Obamacare in particular, she really said this has nothing to do with coverage. This has to do with sales and taxation. And it's unconstitutional. And she was one of the first people who began to open my eyes in regards to what it meant to be conservative, which is in a lot of ways, just sort of leave things alone. And I'm finding, it's interesting, I'm finding in a lot of ways that conservative is the new liberal, um, because liberalism has now become associated with leftism, which I think are, are different things. And there's really, there are really specific reasons why I started to change why my, my views in this department started to shift. One was when I became sober and I saw, I saw some things happening. I was in a, I was in a, um, I was in a detox center and called LSSI, uh, which is Lutheran social services. This is many years ago. And I was one of about four, four white people in there and the rest were African American. And, um, and there were like three other white white people, and the other three white people were racist, totally racist, completely racist, like throwing the N-word around in their little white room. Um, and then my roommate was like Puerto Rican, this Puerto Rican dude, this gangbanger. I may have talked about this before, but um, I, I noticed a lot of, I saw a lot of, uh, well, I, I felt... I felt very judged. I didn't feel welcome. I felt like the African-Americans, I felt like the black people were racist or something against whites, whatever you want to call that. Um, I noticed that, and then I also saw people, um, I saw the welfare checks would arrive, and then the people would, who were mostly African-American, this is not a racist rant, by the way, um, take, the, take the welfare checks and then go out and use drugs more after they had u- essentially utilized the system, utilized a public, a public system for... Um, 
to just what would they what we what's referred to as three hots and a cot. So you get three hot meals and you get a place to sleep until the next welfare check came. Now and and then I saw a bunch of people like literally take the welfare checks and go smoke crack with the welfare checks. Now I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it all day long. If I as a drug addict had been able to get my hands on a welfare check, I would have, and I would have done drugs with the money from that welfare check. Let me be crystal, crystal, crystal clear, crystal clear. Um, the, the, I guess my point in sharing this particular story is that I saw the way the system is abused, and it's not about black or white. It's about the welfare state and what the welfare state does in regards to how it robs the power of the individual and it essentially makes the individual dependent on the government and the government then enables um, the individual by allowing them to get away with not doing much, not contributing, and then giving them money and then that very often gets abused. Uh, Now, these are not, this is not the case with everybody on welfare even remotely, kind of, sort of, even slightly. It's just not. I want to be clear about that. But then what you'll see is people post memes about, um, it's all, it's like meme universe. Everything's meme universe. You'll see somebody post a meme on Facebook that says, if I have to blah, 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 blah in order to, or if I have to take a drug test for my six-figure job, then you should have to take a drug test for your welfare check. Now, that just comes off as racist. It just does. But really, like, why, if you take every race out of it, why you probably should be have to take a drug test to get free money, right? Like, isn't that a valid argument? Now, but what happens is those arguments get politicized. But I remember seeing that happen, and then I remember, I remember seeing this happen firsthand, and then I remember... Um, hearing, uh, like going, flashing back to this, this asshole I lived with in college who was like, oh, I don't want to fucking give welfare because I'm fucking blah, blah, blahs. Them fucking blah, blah, blahs smoke crack with it. And I remember being like, fuck you, you goddamn racist and being infuriated with this person. Now, this person was kind of racist. That's the thing. But then I saw this happening and I was like, hmm, interesting. And then I had this like years later, I had this far right client who was basically a nut job talk about projection because the, the what i what i noticed the far right gets victimized and they say because i wasn't victimized no one's allowed to be victimized look at what i did and so there's that whole crazy thing going on right and um i think the the solution is somewhere in the middle like perhaps the solution actually is drug testing for welfare recipients because drug testing for welfare recipients might lead to someone stopping doing drugs or getting into a recovery program. And getting into a recovery program might help them to maybe get a better job because it very often does. And it comes back to my my experience in the system. Um, I was in the criminal justice system. Now, I know I'm white. I know I'm privileged. I know I'm all of these things, right, uh, that uh, I, I've been afforded a lot. I get that. I came from a very well-to-do suburb, um, relatively well-to-do suburb. Um, and I saw in being caught up in the system, I, and, and particularly being locked up in Cook County Jail in the bullpen, I did not see uh, my, the color of my skin 
affording me too much uh, locked up in that cell. It didn't do a goddamn thing for me. There wasn't any lawyer who could have made any call to any person on my behalf that could have gotten me unlocked or freed from that cell any sooner. Now, perhaps had I been you know, like a senator's son or, you know, had had was the son of someone with like legitimate political poll, that very possibly could have been the case. I don't know. But all I'm telling you, like white dude, upper middle class from the suburbs, there was nothing that could be done that would have freed me from that cell any sooner. Um, and I that sunk in because I had a real arrogant sort of attitude towards everything, even when I was a drug addict. And and that it didn't it 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 really sunk in. Nothing's going to save you, right? Now, I proceeded to eventually get sober. About nine months after I was locked up in Cook County Jail, I got completely sober. Went to a government-funded treatment center. Um, a lot of African Americans, a lot of Black people, a lot of white people, a lot of Mexicans, a lot of am I supposed to say uh, Hispanics? A lot of Mexicans. A lot of, um, uh, you know, gay people. My roommate was a trans person named Aaron who later killed himself, herself. It's awful, wonderful soul, wonderful human being, absolutely wonderful, kind, loving, just beautiful person. Uh, and I loved them all. I respected them all. I always, I always respect people on a one-on-one -on -one basis. I will always give you the benefit of the doubt. I will always err on the side of respect. Always, 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 always. But I went through the system and I got sober and I, my personal subjective experience of being inside of the system was that it was fair. And also that there are many chances given to many people. Now, this is going through recovery and being in a halfway house, which is a basically a halfway institutionalized living facility. I saw a lot of people granted a lot of grace by the criminal justice system and given a lot of chances. The majority of them were minorities. And I saw a lot of them blow it. Like, I very well could have blown it. It is only by the grace of God that I find myself alive and sober and a little bit of willingness, okay? Um, but that was just what I saw. That was my firsthand experience of being caught up in the system. And I also saw uh, the judge who I went before as being a, one of the most fair, fairest, most judicious beings I've ever encountered. Everybody loved him. Even Everybody respected this judge. I don't even want to give, I don't even want to um, tell his name, but he was a, he was fair. He was a fair man. Um, and he gave every person an equal opportunity under the laws. And I saw him just say to people, I, I told you that I said to you in your last appearance that if you failed any more drug tests, I would sentence you to uh, one year in the Illinois Department of Corrections. You violated that. You violated your probation by testing positive for marijuana on June 15th. Uh, therefore, I am sentencing you to, and it was just like so flat, and then he would say, good luck to you, and he meant it. This is just one judge. This is just one judge. This is not every judge. There's plenty of fucking racists. There's plenty of fucking racist cops. There's You go to Bridgeport, there's fucking racists everywhere, Irish racists. They just fucking hate, you know, they throw the N-word around like it's nothing, and I get it, I get it, I get it, and I hate that. I hate racism. I hate it. I hate it. It's disgusting, right? At the same time, I'm not always politically correct. I don't know anybody who is. Whatever. 
take that for what for for take that however you want it. So I, I, I move through the system and I get sober and and I see myself treated the way I was and I see people like my sponsor. Uh, my 12-step sponsor, who is African-American, who is in a very similar mess, who was treated fairly because he changed his life. And I saw all sorts of people in recovery from all different ethnicities, all different races, treated fairly when they changed their lives. Hundreds, right? That might be an exaggeration. Uh, Personally, dozens. Right, you change everything, and then the world's the world. If you change everything about the way that you live, the world will will treat you differently. Period. Um, there are exceptions. There are the Nelson Mandelas. There are the Jesuses. There are those who are treated extremely unfairly for whatever reason. Right to perhaps illustrate something much greater, or a much greater scheme, or a much greater plan or a much you know they exist for different purposes so as to have people see different things or to have people see things differently there are exceptions i'm just reflecting uh my experience this is my personal experience right um and then several several years later this is in 2015 so this would have been eight years sober i went to colorado um this is right after trump was elected um, maybe this is 20, no, this is one twenty fifth. This is probably 2017. Trump had, Trump had been relatively recently elected. Um, and I went to see a friend of mine, um, bisexual, leftist, whatever. Um, not that that even sort of matters. The leftist part matters more in the conversation, but, um, I guess it all matters. Um, and I had gone to see her and I thought, <laughs> I thought we were, we were going to like, um, shack up and kind of fuck all weekend i thought that that was the reason i was visiting i thought that was sort of understood um but instead i got there and she had me take a train from dia denver international airport all airport all the way to this protest that she was at and this was at the time where trump was banning muslims or trying to ban muslims or whatever and i get to this protest and it's just not it's just not my thing I'm, i'm sorry it just isn't this is just me personally it's just my personal uh, vibration does not necessarily resonate with that. I think I have a different calling. I think that the universe is asking something different of me, not better, not worse, different. Um, so I'm at this rally and I end up in the car with my friend who's driving. And then there's this other woman sitting next to me in the back seat who's a lesbian, uh, very, very, very far leftist. And there's this Muslim girl in front. And the, the girl to my right, who I had met before and who I was on friendly terms with, um, sh- relatively friendly terms with, she's like, well, what are you doing here? You know, tell me, this is actually, I, I remember now, it was after I moved to California, it was 20, early 2017. And I said, um, well, you know, I was living in California and I was managing a uh, recovery home. And, and she's like, well, I'm not going to name this specific name of the program for anonymity, but she goes, that 12-step stuff sucks, just like that. And I'm like, I'm like, I mean, that's like this, this 12-step stuff saved my soul and it saved the souls of, it saved the souls of millions of people and their families. And I don't want to say I took offense, but it really just kind of pissed me off. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. So I did my best to, one of the things I'm taught in the 12-step work is to just pray for someone when they've upset me. So I'm just like doing my best. I'm like, well, you know, it worked for me and, you know, it doesn't have to work for everybody. Um, and so, 
something was just like stinging my toe. Anyway, um, and and so we've got this spiritual program I'm, I'm a part of that's got no real dogma associated with it. It's got no membership, anything. It's completely unorganized. It's it it's helped millions of people. It allows them to choose whether or not they would like to have a higher power of their own understanding if they want and suggest that they do if they want. It also is very clear that these are only suggestions. There are also some crazy people in there, but whatever. It's all good. This program itself is very sound. So I get sort of attacked for that, for whatever reason, by this leftist, and then she goes into Hobby Lobby. Now, Hobby Lobby, uh, the instance with Hobby Lobby, uh, the conservative argument against the, uh, the, the Hobby Lobby case was I don't know what year it was. It was Barack Obama essentially told Hobby Lobby that they had to supply contraceptives to their employees. They had to give birth control to their employees, and this is all part of Obamacare. If I'm wrong, please email me and let me know. Um, and uh, they didn't want to because it violated their religious freedom, and he overrode that. And then the Supreme Court overrode him. And so she just, she's like, blah, 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 Hobby Lobby. She just starts going up. So now, she, first of all, she attacks my, my spirituality. Then she just attacks Hobby Lobby, which I had an opinion about, but um, I wasn't, I didn't get in the car to voice my opinion on Hobby Lobby. Um, and, and I just, you know, mentioned like, well, that's their, it's actually their constitutional right to not provide birth control. And so there's our, you know, the, the conservative argument against Obamacare is that it, I, I actually believe Obamacare is totally unconstitutional. I think, like, who the fuck are you to tell me what I must purchase? And if you are familiar with Obamacare, you will see that there's taxation without representation, meaning you have to pay all this money for health insurance now. And if you don't pay it, you will get taxed. And very often, it's like with COVID, it was really hard to get to the doctor. So that's the representation. And if you don't pay, you're going to get taxed. And I forgot to pay and my plan got canceled. Now I'm going to get taxed. Maybe a lot of fucking money. And we're talking thousands. Um, and I make too much money, which isn't very much, mind you, uh, to qualify for the, the real cheap stuff. Right? So that's valid. Right. And and so that's part of Obamacare. And Obamacare had something to do with um, Hobby Lobby. And he bas Obama basically said, um, fuck you. You have to you your your religious views aren't valid. Now, if I'm wrong, please correct me. Send me an email. Let me know you listened and sh uh, provide the finer nuances, the, the pr provide me with the finer nuances of the conversation that I am failing to mention. I want to know because I want to know everything. I reserve the right to be made wrong or to be corrected um, in service of knowing and understanding the truth. So please, again, please let me know. Um, so anyway, and, and then and then we're, we're in this car, right? And then this... Um, this little Muslim girl who's riding up front, she goes, I do not understand why these homosexual children at my school want to hang out with me. I do not agree with their lifestyle or I do not agree with their lifestyle, but I hang out with them anyway or something like that. And, uh, and then this girl who's sitting to my right who had attacked me uh, for my 12-step work and had a very, uh, and, and by the way, she had a very pig-headed response to my response to her, uh, comes in and goes, well, I'm queer. And then the girl who's driving is like, so am I. 
you know? And I'm just like, well, this is interesting. So then why do you have this, a person who basically just announced to you that they're a blatant homophobe in your car with you? Well, because they're a Muslim and we're supposed to let the Muslims in because Trump is a bigot, which, you know, he may be, he may not be. I don't know. I think he's too stupid to be a bigot personally. Um, so then, and, and, and something tells me that you wouldn't want the average Christian riding in the car. So why are you supporting this Muslim person in their quest to come into the United States or for their relatives to come into the United States or for them not to be banned from the United States when their religion very often, which you could argue just like Christianity is, has a very bigoted view on homosexuality, even though Jesus never said anything about it as far as I'm concerned, and that's the root of the Christian religion. Um, what Jesus said, isn't it? <laughs> I thought so. What did he say about that? I don't know. So anyway, I'm, I'm sitting in this car, and I'm just like, this is fucking crazy town. Then um, this other, this, you know, we, we, we drop everybody off, and I end up back at home with this with this girl who I'd gone to visit and you know, she's, she's dead set on reeducating this little Muslim girl. She just, this person needs to be reeducated. Um, and, and I found that, uh, interesting, you know, I'm like, well, she's a Muslim. They, they're Muslims are supposed to kill. There's 109 references in the Quran to killing people who aren't Muslims. So by that argument, unless you like renounce the religion, renounce the entire religion, like you, you were still kind of going along with that. Silence is violence, right? If you're going to follow some of these lines of thinking, which don't make sense. There are plenty of Muslims who are plenty peaceful, um, but if you agree to that part of the religion, then and or, or if you don't renounce that, then aren't you kind of going along? Like, most people aren't. I don't think most people want to kill anybody. I don't think most Muslims do. It has been estimated, I believe, that there are approximately 250 million radicalized Muslims in the world, though, and that's dangerous. Um, it's very dangerous. These are people that want to, like, blow up the world with nuclear bombs. You know, these are people that just want, they want to chop the heads off anyone that doesn't follow their ideology. There's a lot of them, right? And they are um, indoctrinated at a very young age. And the disturbing thing to me about the left is that we can't have a conversation about this because that's not very liberal. You know, it's not very liberal at all. Um, and I don't understand if you're, if you're going to, if you're going to hate Christians, if you're going to hate Christians, then you better hate Muslims too, right? Don't you have to hate all religions? <laughs> and then in reference to this girl, why are you hating me and my very personal relationship to a higher power of my own understanding that I don't push on anybody? What's up with that? Follow me. So there's just a lot of nuance, and the issue I have with the far left is that they don't allow room for nuance. Uh, neither does the far right. The, a lot of so many of these people in the far right are fucking bigots and just they're just fucking racist. I get that. It's not about that. There's everybody. I think a lot of people agree on that. Um, but it's interesting because I have in and you know to piggyback to today, um, I I work very closely with an African American leader. He's a leader in the African-American community who represents a very large demographic, the African-American leadership. And they are not, uh, they're, they're not down. Well, I should preface this. I have a transgendered client. Wonderful soul. Wonderful soul. Beautiful soul. Such a good person. Such a wonderful person. 
he's a he to me because he's a he to he. That's all that matters. So it's, what's up, dude? What's up, bro? That's just how I relate to him. I don't call him they. I call him him. I don't know what I would call him to his face. What are you supposed to call it they to their face? I'm not sure. Doesn't really matter. Uh, I just call him him or he or dude or whatever. And we got this amazing connection. And he showed up to a call last week and he was in tears. And I said, what's wrong? And he said, well, I've been protesting all week and I've come to realize that a lot of these African-American leaders are bigoted against homosexuals and transgenders. And I was like, I know. I know they are. I, I actually work with one of them and I'm clear on his views. And they're rooted in the Old Testament, which last I checked, Jesus came along to negate all that stuff. But uh, whatever. So I, I sometimes hear these sort of viewpoints uh, firsthand. And I said, yeah, I know. I get it. And then he accidentally, without realizing it later in the call, said, um, or what I reflected to him was that what he was, what he was really saying was that all lives matter. I said, you get that you actually believe that all lives matter. And he was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And this is a person that would have, like, Black Lives Matter plastered all over Facebook and wherever else and have a sign and all that. Now, I'm not saying he literally did because I didn't see it. But, but, um, but th- and they do. All lives do matter. But if you say that, then you're, you're a something that's not going along with that other thing. And so when I look at all of this, I'm just left with um, the far leftist the, the, the far leftists um, views are they're they're skewed and if you don't go along with them then you are a something you are a something and the more I tune in the more I just notice that there's something akin to bigotry um, going on in that world and there's nothing there's there's what people believe to be the truth and then there just is truth And again, if you want to come to a greater understanding of the truth, I believe that it is through deep spiritual exploration, deep meditation. I don't personally, uh, I don't think religion necessarily helps with uh, quests for the truth. Um, That's just me. But um, the deeper you go inwards and you identify your own mechanisms and your own programming, um, the more that you will realize the extent, the extent to which you are projecting. Now, I am all for protest. I'm all for it. Um, in the last episode, I talked about the freedom rides and the courage that white people had to get on buses and ride with African Americans through the deep south and, and be subject to beating or lynching or being burned alive or tortured or whipped or, or whatever. Um, that is some courage, and that needed to happen. That needed to happen, right? But there was also some fallout as a result of the far left. Um, you know, according to, to David Hawkins, um, the mental health system was um, very much working for people. Like, if you were mentally ill, like you had schizophrenia, you could not survive in society. You could basically go to a loony bin, and the state would take care of you. And One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest came out, and the liberals went nuts, and they put pressure on the political establishment, and then those systems were abolished, right? Those structures were abolished, and then all of a sudden there are crazy homeless people wandering around, and that has a lot to do with the homeless problem we have today. This is according to David Hawkins, right? I'm certain that you could um, research uh, and come to similar conclusions, 
Um, the book I suggest is I, Reality and Subjectivity. That's the one that lays it out. There's another one called, um, uh, uh, called uh, what's it called? Re- 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 reality, Spirituality, and Modern Man, I believe. Give me one second. It's called Reality, Spirituality, and Modern Man. Now, I'm just a person who started to question things. <clears throat> That's all. There's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing racist with me, about me. There's nothing about me that denies another human being their humanness, right? There's nothing about me that does not seek to discover the good behind whatever may be lurking in, you know, in the forefront of a human being. I do my best. That's what spiritual work is about. It's about seeing beyond the veil that people present to you to the goodness that exists on the other side of that, the Christness, the Christ consciousness. And I find that that politically falls somewhere in the middle of all of it and it requires uh, one to be less intellectually lazy than they would prefer and to be willing to experience a certain degree of cognitive dissonance on a regular basis. And there are a lot more people who feel the way I do, who are afraid to speak up about some of these things for fear of being branded a something. So I hope you've taken something from this. Uh, I wish you the best. I want peace on earth more than anything. And I hope that this opens your eyes. And if you'd like to challenge me, I'm certainly open to that. Transform at magicpisces.com.